Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so happy to have you here joining me again. This is the show where we educate, empower, entertain you a bit, and inspire you to live your most fearlessly authentic life. Because in my opinion, if we are not living our most fearlessly authentic life, what are we doing here? We're wasting time, which is what I did for so many years of my life until I changed things in my life and I started living in my truth and having the courage to do it because that's what held me back was the fear. So along with myself and the guests that I have in the show, we will be talking about how they help other people, how they've created products to help people live their most fearlessly authentic life and just amazing stories of courage and strength. And um, I'm just so happy to have you here. Today, I am talking about um, living your most fearlessly authentic life, because even though I ask my guests at the end of every single show what it means to them to live their most fearlessly authentic life, I sometimes have to remember what it means and why I started this show. And I'll tell you why. So back in 2019, I tried out to be in Sports Illustrated Swim. And after competing for 10 years in fitness shows at the age of 49, I became a two-time world bikini champion. And then I competed a little bit, but that was when I opened up my fitness studio and got very busy training clients. And that was my mission was now that I have proved to myself because it was something I needed to prove to myself. It was a matter of, do I have the confidence to get up on stage and be, and work on being the healthiest, strongest version of myself? I've worked out my whole life. For those of you who don't know me and are meeting me for the first time today, um, I've been working out since my twenties. So I will be 63 in December. So almost 43 years I have been lifting weights. And after I had my second daughter in 93, I decided, you know, I knew that we weren't going to have any more children and I wanted to get in the best shapes possible. Now I was always working out. I was always fit and healthy. Um, I had gained 45 pounds with my oldest daughter. Yes, you heard that right. I weighed a lot. And it took me, I was determined to take off the weight and get back into shape within three months, or at least lose the weight. So I did lose the weight within three months. The last 10 pounds were really hard to take off. And I did join Weight Watchers. So I was working out at the gym, basically doing fitness classes most of the time, like three times a week, and then, you know, going into the gym and lifting a little bit. But it was more about uh, just really losing what I gained when I had my oldest, and that was in 1989. So I have a 34-year-old and a 30-year-old. So I um, 
the last 10 pounds were very, very hard for me to lose. And I joined Weight Watchers. And I came in there with my baby, my three-month-old baby, and they looked at me and said, you know, what are you doing here? And I, you know, explained to them I wanted to lose the last 10 pounds. They were a little skeptical, but I, I will tell you that work. what worked for me was just learning more about nutrition and also having that accountability, showing up at the meetings. I did it for about a month, showing up at the meetings and having that community. So I always knew that community was very, very important. But now as I was becoming a mom, it was a different kind of community that I was going to be involved with other moms and uh, our focus was going to be on our children. And I just, I realized how I felt walking into those uh, Weight Watchers meetings that everybody was there for a purpose. Everybody was there to help one another. And I really love that feeling. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget walking into that meeting with my daughter and the lady going, what are you doing here? Uh, so after that, I started teaching classes at the gym. I was taking a bunch of classes and uh, they said, you know, would you like to be an um, instructor here? So that's really where my fitness uh, a career began was in 1989, where I started teaching classes and I started getting all types of certifications. And then I got into personal training and uh, I was able to teach all different types of classes. So when I got pregnant with my second one, I was able to teach a stretching class and a yoga class and things that were more gentle because I wasn't going to do what we had back then in the 90s, it was called high-low aerobics, which was basically high-intensity interval training. And I used to teach an hour class three times a week doing that. So that was really, really fun. And then when I had my second one in 93, um, I had only gained 35 pounds because I, was, I wasn't working full-time like I was with my oldest. And I was able to make better choices about food. And I had learned a lot more. Not that I was ever a bad eater, but up until I had my oldest, I was, you know, and I was 28 at the time, I basically ate whatever I wanted to eat and always maintained my weight and always worked out. So after Lexi was born in 93, I said, okay, I am, I have the time and let me take this body and get into the best shape I possibly can in my life. So that's what I did. And I hired a trainer and that is when I completely changed the way I ate. I was always eating fairly healthy, but it was in 93 that everything changed. I learned about macronutrients. I learned about uh, how important protein was. And so when I would go out for dinner with my friends or go out for lunch, none of them worked out. None of them ate healthy. None of them understood what I was doing. They all thought I was crazy. Uh, they didn't understand why I went to the gym. They didn't understand why I lifted weights. And they certainly didn't understand what a protein was or a macronutrient was. So uh, back in the 90s, when I would go out for lunch with my girlfriends and I would ask for chicken on my salad, they didn't have things on the menu back then that said add protein um, because nobody knew what a protein was. Nobody, again, nobody knew what a starch or carbohydrate was why the uh, fatty dressings were so bad for you. People just would order a salad. They would put all this uh, 
high in fat dressing on it and they would think that they were eating healthy. So I tried educating the ladies. None of them wanted to listen. Um, whatever. That's just part of my journey. But what I was stepping into at the time that I didn't know until many, many years later was that I was stepping into my truth. I was stepping into the woman I wanted to become. I was stepping into a stronger and of course, healthier version, but a stronger version of me. And it wasn't until years and years later that I realized, probably when I started competing in my 40s, that I realized that not only, and people talk about it all the time now, that not only was I getting stronger mentally, physically, I was also getting stronger mentally. And you don't realize that's happening until after it's happening. At least that's what happened to me. Nowadays, I sound like an old lady saying, nowadays, young kids know that when they go to the gym, uh, that it is for their mental well-being as well as their physical well-being. But back in the day, in the 80s, in the 90s, <clears throat> nobody thought of working out as something that was helping us become healthy, healthier in our mind. And I know now that on the days that I felt crappy, that it was maybe because I didn't have a good workout at the gym, or maybe it was because I didn't get to the gym at all. And now research has shown how moving your body, working out, taking a walk can help your mental well-being. So even if you don't have time, and this, this show today is not about fitness, and it's not about mental health, all the, not although those things are incredibly important, our mental health. And I think especially, you know, I can't even say especially, but all the time we should take care of our mental health. I, I am a Jewish woman. I will share that with you right now. I am a Jewish woman. If you've been listening to the show, you know that I don't hide it. Um, what's happening in the world uh, leaves me with a very, very heavy heart. And for those of you who have a heavy heart like I do and worry and care about the people you love and this country and believe in humanity and not brutality and killing. Okay, I wasn't going to talk about this today. Um, then you must have a heavy heart like I do. Um, the atrocities that are happening right now are just horrific. The anti-Semitism is at its height. It's, uh, it's um, really terrible. And uh, I just pray for everybody that I love and for all the families and for those children and families to um, be released. And I just wish it would all stop. Okay. So now more than ever, we do need to take care of ourselves. We do need to take care of our mental health and our physical well-being. And if you are, this is the last thing I'll say about fitness. If you are not lifting weights, moving your body, trying to eat healthier by 
by making sure that you are eating lean protein with every meal, complex carbohydrates like rice and couscous and uh, oatmeal and leafy greens like broccoli and green beans and asparagus and healthy fats like olive oil and um, avocado, then you are doing yourself a disservice. I want you to be healthy. And if you need any help with that, I have over 35 years of experience, so please reach out to me. Uh, but what I wanted to go back to, because I do have a lot of emotions going on, and this is the first podcast I've done uh, solo in a while since this has happened, um, is about being fearlessly authentic. So it wasn't until I realized that what I was doing back in 1993 at the age of 32 was that I was stand, standing in my power. I was stepping into my power. I was standing in my truth. And I wasn't letting anybody tell me that I can't work out, that it was dumb. And my then husband, who's not my husband anymore, but a very good dad and was a great provider for my children's still very involved father. So I have nothing bad to say about him. Um, is that he was not supportive of me at that time uh, working out. And so everybody around, nobody around me supported what I was doing. Nobody understood it. They didn't understand why I like to work out. They didn't understand why I needed to be so particular about my diet. And that was just me not realizing it then, but realizing it now and years after that was that I was standing in my truth. So I, I, I really, really hope that whatever it is that you want out of life and that whatever your goals are and where you see your future, that you allow yourself to step into that truth, to step into your power. For so many, so many of us and for so long, we've allowed fear or other obstacles to stop us from living our most authentic lives. And for the longest time, and this was part of my fitness journey, why it was such a big part of my life and why I'm probably going to go back to competing again, but the it was such a transformative time in my life because it was then, as I mentioned before, that I stepped into my truth and I became who I was because even though I was, you know, prepping to compete. I had a, a great coach. I was her oldest client. She forced me. She really, really was such a great coach. She knew exactly how to coach me. And I'm, I'm tough. So I want somebody else to be tough on me. And, you know, she just said to me, stop looking at the other competitors. Stop trying to walk like them. Stop trying to pose like them be yourself. And I didn't know. I didn't know who I was. That was the problem. She would say, Harrison, just be you. And the problem was, I didn't know who I was. I hadn't figured it out. I was five, six, seven years divorced already. I was a single mom. I got divorced at 42. And I was just trying to figure out 
who I was going to be in this new life that I was creating. The old life, I knew I was Mrs. Harrison and I was Alyssa and Alexis's mom. And I worked out and I was involved in uh, fundraisers and um, I was involved in the community and I didn't really allow myself to do anything else, but I did. The thing that I quote unquote allowed myself to do was get to the gym five days a week. And that, again, I didn't realize it at the moment was incredibly empowering to me. I had no idea how empowering it was until I had to dig deep, until I needed to dig deep to find that strength when I was going through my divorce. When I had to dig deep and I was the only uh, person disciplining my children, uh, not that I was the good cop in the marriage, but he did most of the disciplining. And I realized all of a sudden as a single mom, oh, I've got to do all the disciplining now. And I have to deal with what he says about my disciplining because if they don't like the punishment, they're going to go tell their dad. Can any of you relate to that? Yeah. Uh, so I know we all have a child that does that. So that was that was a tough time. And I had to keep digging my heels in and really embracing the person I was, even though I didn't really know who she was. I knew it was in me, but did I have the courage to be her? And I was still scared to be the woman I knew I could be. I didn't, I didn't know how strong I could be until I was tested. Have you had that happen to you? I think we've all been tested and either we rise to the occasion or we step back because we're scared. And for so many years, I did step back. I, I had a very strong mother. Um, I was married to a very strong man probably married my mother, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I I stood back. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want the confrontation until I realized that I was strong enough to have the confrontation. And I think the thing that gave me the most confidence in my 30s was time at the gym, I knew when I walked in the gym, that was where I felt the most powerful. That's where I felt the most control. I had control over everything that I ate and drank and every way that I wanted to work out. So if I wanted to lift heavy weights, I lifted heavy weights. If I went there and I didn't feel like lifting heavy that day, I didn't. But the cool thing about what was happening is that I was in control of my mind and my body when I walked in that gym. And that power that I felt gave me confidence to step into my truth in my marriage and confront him about the things that weren't working for us. And eventually they didn't work, which is why we had to get divorced because I realized that I was growing and we weren't growing together. We were growing differently. And in order to make a marriage work or any kind of relationship, whether it's with a friend or 
you know, a lover is that in any type of relationship, business or personal, both parties have to come together to agree that there is a problem and that we need to fix it. Now, I'm sure you've heard that it's impossible for one person to feel that there's a problem in the relationship and the other person to be oblivious, right? However, I think some people might be oblivious, but are they? Are they really oblivious or are they just sticking their head in the sand? Or are they ignoring the red flags? I think, and I've read this, that research shows that if there's a problem in a relationship, that it's not, if so if one person is unhappy in a relationship, more than likely the other person's not happy in the relationship, right? It's the truth. There's research that has been shown on it. I don't can't pull up the research for it right now, but I've read about it enough times because I'm very intrigued by relationships and I've had enough relationship experts on this show to know that. And if one person's not happy, more than likely the other person is not happy. And it takes two people to tango. I did Latin dancing. We didn't tango though. Uh, it takes two people to tango. It, it takes two people to say, we have a problem. Let's address it. How are we going to deal with this problem? And in my marriage, that didn't work. So something had to give. And the thing that had to give was I could either be a people pleaser again and submit and and just be agreeable and take Zoloft because I couldn't deal with the stress and anxiety, which is what I had to do towards the end. And, or get out of a relationship that wasn't serving me. And that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life was uh, file for divorce and get divorced because it wasn't anything. Nobody in my family was divorced. Nobody in his family was divorced. And I didn't want to do that, but I had to step into my truth and going to the gym and giving me that mental strength, which I didn't know I had, that was the beginning of me becoming Jody, even though I didn't know who Jody was. So becoming that fearlessly authentic person is always in the works, um, but it's not always so easy. So when we come back from the break, we will get into how to be your most fearlessly authentic person. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. 
The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody. I was talking about uh, stepping into my truth and standing in my power and the things that led me to finally have that strength and that courage to change what wasn't working for me in my life. And again, I want to emphasize that if you are in any kind of relationship, whether it's a marriage um, or not, uh, but even if it's in business and it's not working for you, more than likely it's not working for the other person and one of you should confront it and come up with a way to solve it together. And if it's not, something you can solve together, then maybe it's time to dissolve the relationship. That's it pretty succinctly um, because both parties have to feel that there is a reason to continue. You think of your friendships, the friendships that have stayed forever and the friendships that have fallen apart and no relationship is ever perfect. I can think of like my very sweetest friend right now, and even we've had our disagreements, but we've always worked it out because we believed in our relationship. So some of the things that we could do in becoming fearlessly authentic, and it's, again, not always easy because change is not easy, is to be self-reflecting and be aware. One of the things I've already touched upon is uh, becoming aware of what's going on in your life and reflecting and trying to understand uh, where you stand with your values, your beliefs, um, and what truly, truly matters to you. So for me, um, what mattered to me was staying strong in my mind and my body. I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. But when I could sit back now and say it, that's what gave me the strength. So when everybody around me was telling me that what I was doing was silly and why are you lifting weights? You're a girl. Uh, why are you Why are you eating the cake for birthday? Why aren't you doing this? And it was because it was something I truly, truly believed in. And I knew that what was happening to me at the time felt right. And it felt good. And I wasn't going to change it for anybody. So... Understanding your strengths. So my strength was getting to the gym and staying physically fit. My weakness was that I was scared to speak up for the things that I wanted in my relationship. And my passions, which back then, my passions, well, they still are my daughters. And um, when you when you are the most self-aware of who you are, and what your values are, and what you stand for, that is when you step into your true authenticity. So 
back in my 40s after I got divorced, I wasn't sure who I was. So was I being my authentic self? Sure. I was being my authentic self when I was very confident in what I was doing. So as a mom, I knew nobody could love my daughters more than I could. I was doing everything possible to be their best mom, to be their best role model, to be everything that a daughter needed. I was very confident in my role as a mom, but figuring out what I wanted to do for a living, trying a few new things, you know, sure, I wasn't all that confident because I wasn't that experienced. And one of the other things that I think about that, you know, sometimes ignorance is bliss. So when I started dating, I didn't know what it was like to date anymore. I had met my ex-husband when I was 24. We got married when I was, well, we got married when I was just shy of 25. Uh, we knew each other for like a year and a half and no, two years. I'm sorry, two years. We knew each other for two years when we got married. And I, so I didn't do any, really any dating hardly in my twenties. So here I was 20 years after I graduated from college and I'm putting myself out in the dating world. And part of it, what, what was so much fun about dating is that I realized that I could be anyone I wanted. So stepping into my truth at that time felt so right and confident because I could just sort of be whoever I wanted to be. And it was fun. I mean, I was being Jody because I didn't know how else to be anybody else. Uh, but I was becoming a sexier version of me. Uh, the the sexier Jody that I wanted to be in my marriage, but that my ex-husband wouldn't let me be. When I say sexy, like just wearing sexier clothes, just wearing uh, things like that, just stepping into much more of my femininity uh, and just being the woman that I wanted to be. So I was playing around. And of course, that's what you need to do in order to figure out what is your truth? What is your authenticity? Who is it that you are putting out there in the world? So that was really fun for me. You could hear it in my voice. Um, that was dating was so much fun. And I learned so much about myself. And I realized I wasn't dumb. I wasn't ugly. And I wasn't unattractive. And not that I needed other men to tell me these things. But the new people I was meeting in my life, the new friends I had, they were so complimentary. They were so uh, supportive. There was no jealousy, no envy. I mean, I rooted for them. They rooted for me. It was a lovely thing. And I never had that type of support before. And so it was... Lovely. And I know I'm, I'm thinking about this and you're probably all thinking, oh, God, you had terrible friends and a terrible life. Why did you, why did you ever stay in that marriage uh, for as long as you did? And, um, you know, I stayed because I did love him and I stayed because of my daughters and I stayed because I didn't want to break up the family. But I eventually had to file for divorce because I knew that what I was turning into was somebody who was going to have to take more and more anti-anxiety, anti-depression drugs, and eventually be sedated for most of my life. Um, if I stayed in that marriage, and my daughters would never get to know 
the woman who lived inside of me that was dying to come out, but was afraid or was told to go back. So I never got to that sedated stage, just so you know. I was on a very low dosage of Zoloft, and as soon as I got divorced, I took myself off of it. Um, so I, I knew that for my mental health, that was also the right thing for me. Um, but it's funny how, you know, you need to look back to see where all those dots connect to where you are right now. So it's only when we look back can we see how far we've come. So I hope I hope you'll be able to take a lot of things away from today's show. So reflection and awareness and embracing your vulnerability is another way to become fearlessly authentic. And a lot of my guests on the show talk about their vulnerability and most and, and all of them on the show are very, very vulnerable. Uh, and the experts who become the, the women and men who have become masters at what they're doing, the experts, the masters, if you've ever heard this quote before, um, your mess is your message. And as a master, uh, they say, and I'm getting this all messed up right now. I just had it in, in my mind because I just read it in a book and I've heard this many, many times. Uh, in order to be a master, you need to get through the mess. So I'll remember what the true saying was, but it's all of those things that make you a master of what you're doing. So it's usually in simple, in, in a simple way, whatever your pain point was, is the thing that you become an expert at helping other people. So for me, fitness has always been the the thing for me where I've been able to help other people. And it wasn't a pain point for me. It was a joyful moment that I wanted to share with other people. And if you do listen to the show, you know I've been divorced. You know I've talked about it. You know that I've told you about my marriage and my divorce. And uh, so that was a very vulnerable time for me. It was a very hard time for me. And I never thought that I would talk about it so much as I do. But obviously, it was, again, a, a, a very big turning point in my life that impacted me incredibly because that is when I realized how strong I could be. And, you know, I do think about what I could have maybe done differently, but I wasn't, I wasn't that person then. I could think about now maybe what I could have done differently. And of course I think about that, but I wasn't where I am now. So I didn't have those coping skills then that I do now. And that's why it's so important for me to talk about this on the show and why it's so important for me to have guests on the show that talk about these things and to help women be strong because I know that the women who need me the most right now are the women who are struggling with the way they feel in their body. And the way you feel in your body affects 
the way you feel about yourself because the way we present ourselves to the world does matter and where the body goes the mind goes right the mind and the body are connected so if you feel good in your body if you feel strong if you feel confident you're going to feel good about putting the clothes on taking the clothes off and putting yourself out there um and allowing yourself to be vulnerable so we can't be fearlessly authentic if we're not being vulnerable and the thing that i was so confused about and i especially re- go back to when i was competing when my coach said harrison stop trying to be somebody else but I, I didn't know really still who I was. I didn't know who that Jody was that was walking on stage. And it wasn't until I won a few local shows and walked out on stage in Miami, 2009, that I fully embraced the person I was, the woman I was, all the hard work that I had put in to bring myself to that stage and I stepped right into my friggin' power and I won the show and then I won the next show in Vegas and that's what I after those two shows it was my validation of saying you know what Jody you earned a place of being authentic you learned you earn this you earn this and working hard and you know, I talk about this a lot. I even put up a post today about you've got to do the work, everybody. You've got to do the work. If you don't put in 100% effort, you're not going to get 100% of the results. If you've got a project to work on, if you're in a relationship and the person you're in the relationship with has told you, I need this, this, and this from you, and you're still not doing those things, but you're trying to figure out, well, why is he or she not giving me what I need? Oh, because he or she told you that they need this from you and dummy, you still haven't given it to her or him. So why are you expecting them to still be kind and loving and wonderful and thoughtful to you? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. If you have outlined to your person in your life or a business partner or anybody you're working with, this is what I need in order for us to succeed or for me to succeed in this relationship, in this partnership, and that person's not giving it to you. I've said this already. Then you've got to figure out how it's going to work or you just end the relationship. And part of it is being vulnerable, letting that person know, hey, this isn't working for me. Letting somebody know how you feel. And it's... The being vulnerable, I've I've struggled with it at times, you know, even I would say even going back to, you know, posting on social media. I remember when I first started on Facebook and Instagram back in, I don't know when it was, 2011, 2012. So when I was competing, we didn't even have social media. Crazy. Um, towards the end, we did. But it was just Facebook. And so when I do compete the next time, I will be sharing my entire journey with you guys. So, uh, you know, when I got on, you try to, again, you struggle with, well, I want to be like her or I want to be like that person or him. And then you realize I can't be like them. I can't be like that person. I have to be like myself. And the hardest thing 
And this is why it's good to um, understand your child inside of you is because that child inside of you didn't have a wall up. They were always vulnerable. That's why we love looking at the joy of a child because there are no walls. There are no facades. They are just being truly fearlessly authentic. And that is what is so beautiful about watching children. And it's important that we pull that child out of us that's not afraid, that is just happy to be who they are. And I will tell you that in the last, since probably 2019, when Sports Illustrated happened, and I realized that I had more of a platform to stand on uh, because I had gained global headlines and a lot of people knew who I was and it was time for me to really step into who I was but I I am being completely honest with you guys I was nervous to show my true self is there anything wrong with my true self no but was I going to sound dumb was I going to sound like I knew what I was talking about would I be able to actually speak out loud and make sense of what I'm saying and have some value so you could come back to my account every day and see what Jody has to say. I didn't know. So part of what has helped me be vulnerable is having this radio show, this podcast, is because I've learned to share so much with all of you and with my guests, and I've learned from my guests who have been incredibly authentic and vulnerable on this show, that we can only help other people if we show them the side of us that sucked, that was hurting, that went through a fucking mess, that didn't know who we were that was scared about being a single mom that was scared about how she was going to make money that was scared about her future, but had to be strong for her children. And that was a tough time in my life as much as it was, it was what I wanted. I wanted out of the relationship because I wasn't, it wasn't healthy for me, and that is not the way I wanted my daughters to see me. But it was scary also because, as I said at the beginning of the show, change is scary. It's really scary. But none of us grow if we don't make the scary change. So if you are at that point in your life where you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to stay in this relationship, I don't know if I should stay in this job, I don't know if I want to compete in a fitness show or any any type of, I don't know, I'm nervous about a guest I'm having my show. Let it, let it just happen. Just be, let it happen. Be still and just let it happen. I have had guests on my show where I was so nervous about having them. I, again, I didn't want to seem dumb. I wanted to make sure I asked them the right questions. I wanted them to be entertained. I wanted all of these things. So part of my journey of becoming Fearlessly Authentic was when I named it Fearlessly Authentic and started 
doing my my show through Voice America. And these guys have been great. Um, and I love doing the show with Voice America. And I've learned, I've I found my voice and I'm not afraid to share with you my thoughts because I know now I am that dumb. <laughs> And I know now that I offer you value. And I know now that you know that I'm telling you the truth and that I'm vulnerable. And I don't try to be vulnerable. I don't get on the show. I don't get ready for the show and go, okay, today I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm just myself now because I, I'm i at peace with who I am. And I used to get very intimidated by people telling me I was too much. Or if somebody told me I was like my mother, who was a lot. Um, I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay with being me. I'm okay with if I'm too much, then you're not my person. If you don't like what I'm saying, then don't listen to me anymore. But I have found so much love from all of you. Whether it's here on the show or following me on social media or reaching out to me and the friendships that I've made through this show have just been incredible. So don't be hard on yourself and make sure you give yourself grace. It does take time. Some of us are quicker learners than others. I've always said, <clears throat> I am not a quick learner. And if you ask my fitness coach from years ago, um, I kept telling her that I needed more time. I needed more time. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, right? Ready is a lie. And uh, she kept telling me I'm ready. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And finally, she literally pushed me out on stage. And I wasn't ready. But I needed to get out there. And she knew that. So if you don't think you're ready, you are ready. Because ready is a lie. Was I ready to do this show? Hell no. I didn't know what I was doing. But I had incredible guests who I just had incredible vibrations with. Uh, that sounded weird. I had, I just, we just jived. We just vibed. And uh, the, with every guest that I had on my show, I had more and more confidence. And I, uh, now I sit here as I'm doing my show right now, sitting in my truth. Uh, talking to you all. And so part of this journey and this standing into my power and truth has been because of you. So I just want to thank you for that. So the other thing that I'm sure many of you who are listening right now, if you are wanting to become more authentic, if you're like, I hate that I can't be more of myself or why can't I be more myself when I'm with this person or in this relationship or at work or whatever it is. Think about those situations. Are they really the best ones for you? Maybe the real reason you can't be authentic is because that isn't the right place or the right person for you or the right country or the right state or the right whatever it is. It's not right for you. So setting boundaries. That was always a hard thing for me. If you are a people pleaser, 
it is hard to set boundaries. And in order to be your most authentic self, you need to set those boundaries. So as I mentioned to you, I would go out with the ladies for lunch. They would give me shit about not eating the same food they were eating. And I stood in my truth and I set those goddamn boundaries and I would not let anybody penetrate those boundaries. That was where I stood. Nobody was going to change that. Leave me alone. And then when I was also training clients, and for those of you who are in the service business, um, you know what it's like to have customers and clients and patients. And you know that you always have that client, patient, customer who might push you just a little bit farther, might push through those boundaries. They might have your cell phone number. They might text you too much. Um, I had to literally be verbal about my boundaries. And if somebody, that aggressive person asked me who had no idea about what a boundary was, uh, you had to set them straight. And usually those people who push boundaries have no self-awareness or little self-awareness. So it's very, very important that you set them straight. The boundaries are crucial in being authentically you. You have to set them up. And respecting boundaries help yourself stay true to who you are. Because if you don't want that person texting you or calling you all the time, you have to say, hey, Mary, enough, enough. And you may not say it like that, but that's the point you want to make to Mary or John or Lisa or whoever it is. I can't take your phone call right now. Now is not a good time. Sometimes silence is the best thing, but that can turn into being a little passive aggressive. So my... Uh, my feeling, my suggestion is that you set those boundaries. And that takes courage to do that. But every single time you practice being courageous, and I gave you a few examples of me being courageous uh, when I was scared, getting divorced, going on dates, although I was excited about that one, being a single mom, getting on stage and competing at 47 when everybody told me I was too old and none of my friends supported me and told me I was too old and it's really stupid to get on stage in a bikini and stripper heels, um, opening up my own business at 50. Those were big, big, big things, very big things. And it took courage. I would say, you know, in raising daughters, it takes a lot of courage, but any children and to raise them right. But to be fearlessly authentic, you need to be courageous. I'll give you another example. In raising my daughters, my oldest one always liked to push the limits a lot. And there was, this is when we kind of sort of had cell phones, not really. This was like 2004. And uh, she told me that she was going to a friend's house when really she was meeting up with this boy that she liked. I don't think she had a driver's license then. She didn't. And she, but she was 15. And she lied to me. So I called her. She must have had a cell phone. I called her and she, she called me and she said she was calling me from a landline and I knew it was a cell phone number. So I 
made her come home. She was very mad at me. And I remember her throwing the phone across the room and she screamed at me and said, you used to be a really cool mom and you used to be the mom that all of my friends liked. And now everybody hates you. Nobody likes you. Now, the old Jody would have been hurt by that because I wanted to be liked by everybody. But the fearlessly authentic Jody said, I don't care. And I'm actually glad that your friends don't like me. It means I'm doing my job well. Thank you very much. That was that was another moment where I stood in my truth. And I've told that story a few times. Um, some of the other things that um, can help you that I've learned about living and being your most fearlessly authentic person. And I talked about this at the beginning of the show about morals and values is that when you live in alignment with your values, all the actions and decisions align with your core values. So when I was in a relationship after I got divorced, there were a lot of things that came up that were red flags, AKA they did not align with my morals and values. But I told myself that I loved this person. I thought what I felt was the biggest love that I had ever felt in my entire life. So I thought, well, maybe I need to change my morals and my values or tweak them a little bit. It took some time, but I finally woke up and realized that I needed to leave the relationship because it didn't align with my morals and values. And that was the right decision for my physical and mental well-being. So I absolutely love talking to all of you, and I hope that this episode has helped you to think about the things that can help you be your most authentic self, your most fearlessly authentic self. Because as I mentioned, it takes self-reflection and awareness. You have to be vulnerable you have to set boundaries and you have to practice courage. And those things will all help you live in alignment with your morals and your values. And all of those things together make you that fearlessly authentic person. I want you to think about that. So again, thank you for joining me today. It has been a pleasure to be here. And until next week, please go and be your most fearlessly authentic self. You can find me at Jody Harrison Bauer on all social platforms. And again, thank you for following me. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. 
please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 